This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Good afternoon, beautiful people. This is the chop up debate edition. Uh, I decided to call this hashtag debate me and I'm going to tell y'all why and how it came to be. But before I do that, I will introduce myself as well as the competitors that we have here in this conversation. First of all, my name is Toya Green, a.k.a. Toya G. Uh, I am happy to be your moderator for this afternoon as we get into this complex conversation about what to do with the new vice presidential candidate uh, on the Democratic side, Kamala Harris. But before we get too deep into it, I want to introduce the person who will be affirming in today's debate. And I'll talk about the topic in a second. Y'all go ahead and uh say what's up to the political plug what's up political plug how you doing what's good with y'all shoot i told myself i was gonna stop saying that hey it's the political plug <laughs> uh you know we come here to do what we do you know it feel good to be back in the ring uh especially with my bro you know hey, i, I want to let y'all know this this actually started from a real life yelling match i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there all right all right yeah we are here we are here the the opponent on the affirmative now tell us a little bit about the opponent opponent on the negative side of this debate today yeah i know we came to elevate elevate levitate educate education <laughs> is elevation you feel me it's your boy george lee aka consciously don't forget to lee y'all know y'all can find me at georgeleespeaks.com for all booking and merch you feel me georgeleespeaks.com dr dancy i seen that comment i got you <laughs> all right uh, today we are having a debate uh, that is uh, based upon the uh, following proposition. The proposition that we will be debating today is resolved at this particular stage in the election. The focus on vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris's career as a prosecutor is irrelevant. I'll say it again. Resolved at this stage in the election. Focusing on vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris's career as a prosecutor is irrelevant. Now, you all may be asking irrelevant to what? That's for them to to answer. It's open like that for a reason, because what do we mean when we say relevant? What do we mean when we say irrelevant? Nothing is cut and dry. Those two will kind of get into breaking down what we mean. In the context of that, you all, a lot of you said in some comments, what does it mean not to focus on something or to focus on something? They're going to tell you what it means to have a focus on something versus not having a focus on something and how to weigh those things. So they're going to get into this conversation. Y'all might be wondering, I've seen a couple of these debates now with the chop up and it seems like the Negroes, the men are always the one having these debates. Toya G, why are you not in the mix? I'm going to tell you why, because these, these dudes right here just argue by themselves. They don't need to pop up. They don't need to record. To fight with each other yesterday, I was minding my business and got a phone call. And they know, just like y'all know, I don't like phone calls. But Dominique called me. Oh, I know I was talking big and shit. Dominique too, called boy. me yelling his like toy, toy. Listen to this nigga George. We gotta talk to him about what's going on. <laughs> talk about. And so then we got on a three-way call. And George never said hello. He just continued to yell. I think George was yelling into the phone like this and wasn't holding it up. He was just yelling about Kamala Harris being a prosecutor. Just yelling. Just this yelling. Hey, so man, y'all wondering how he's civility with it today, man. I'm bringing a little clarity and civility with the <laughs> message. Make sure ain't nothing misconstrued or misinterpreted. Good. You know, I want you to bring your nuance in, some uniqueness. God damn oh, yeah, it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I got it for you. I'm going to give you a chance, just in case y'all wonder how these debates come to be. That's how. And just in case you're wondering uh, the different positions or sides, like I said, 
the political plug will be on the affirmative side, arguing that it is not nearly as relevant as we think it is to focus on Kamala Harris's career as a prosecutor. And the negative, uh, the consciously will be arguing that it is absolutely the utmost or has the utmost relevance as we look forward to who to vote for in the 2020 election. So uh, hopefully I got to understand and hopefully I'll tap in and definitely hopefully hopefully that y'all sharing the link. Y'all shared it already because the debate is about to go down. But without further ado, I want to tell you about the format. The format of these speeches is each of them will speak speak three times. There are seven minute opening statements, right? There are seven minute opening statements. Then there's a five minute cross-examination session. During cross-examination, it'll be open and rotating. What this means is both of them will take turns asking and answering questions. I'll let you know who asked the first question. That person will have a question and a follow-up, and then the other person will go. One question, one follow up, the other person will go. We'll do that for five minutes. Then we transition to the middle of the debate, which is the rebuttals. This is where they'll start to deal with each other's arguments, uh, agree, they'll extend some arguments, they'll elaborate a little bit and break down the middle section of the debate. After that, another, and that'll be six minutes. After that, another cross-examination period of time. It'll be open and rotating again. Five more minutes where they'll ask and answer questions. And then we get to the closing statements. The closing statements will be five minutes. Five minutes total to tell you why they won this debate, to explain to you why the other person is wrong and why they won. Y'all are going to have to vote in the comments and we are going to post the status, let y'all know who won the debate. So make sure y'all are focused in. Make sure you stick around to the end of the debate so you can vote. Make sure if you have to watch it later that you come back and vote. But either way it goes, we'll figure out who won it or lost it by the time it's all said and done. Are our competitors ready? Yes, ma'am amazing i'm excited to get this debate started i have a timer if y'all wondering what i've been holding up wow cardi b just retweeted this man i just want to say that out loud you put it in the private chat but i'm gonna let y'all know even while we are here debating cardi b just retweeted george so we got to take that in a minute what she say actually tell us now what she say what's what happened what, what yeah you... hey this is breaking news she cardi b just, she just retweeted said, george. She just said let's talk about it Talk, talking about the uh shirley twist uh shirley chisholm being you know the uh first black woman to win a uh, 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 I guess a major nomination in terms of being a president. She said, "Let's talk about it." So, I'll, yeah, that. And she's actually what what we're, she's talking about is the fact that she's not the first nominated candidate. That it was actually a communist who was running on an all black ticket uh, way back in the sixties. Charlene Mitchell, shout out to everybody from Cabrini Greens, uh, Chicago. Man, I've been doing some research. That's what she right. was born and raised. She's still alive too. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Miss Charlene Mitchell, still alive, kicking. You feel me? The living legend. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to her. Hey, and so. Breaking news, Cardi B knows about George's means She might know about the chop-up. Okay, let's get this debate in. Seven minutes are on my clock. Uh, the affirmative, uh, which is Dominique, will be arguing and again resolved at this stage in the election. Focus on vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris's career as a prosecutor is irrelevant. Dominique, or the political plug, is taking the affirmative. Your time starts now. I bet. So here we are having this conversation. At this stage in the election, that's an important part of the conversation. Because what we're talking about is the possibility of having the first black woman vice president. That's big. And we're going to talk about why that's big. So as we start this off, remember, the question that's being answered here is at this stage in election, is it irrelevant? I'm saying definitely it's played out. That's actually the rhetoric that I would have liked to use, <laughs> that it was played out. But I mean, ultimately, I am saying that it's irrelevant in terms of the election and the election conversation. And I'm saying that because the cop narrative associated with Kamala it is focusing on the symptom. It's not focusing on the disease. There is this there is this desire. There is this yearning, this need to put all of these things associated with criminality and the justice system on Kamala Harris. And we're going to talk about that. Now, I definitely want to point out that I agree. 
I agree that Kamala's past uh, are her the things that she's engaged in in terms of being a part of the criminal justice system is criminal within itself to black people from our perspective. Right. Uh, I definitely think she deserves that criticism. It deserves to be focused on. However, when we direct that energy towards Kamala, when we direct that energy specifically towards Kamala during the time of uh, at the time of an election, what we're doing is we're undermining the possibility of what could be with having her in the position that she in to focus on uh, what's actually something that is generic and that's non-unique to the system and structure itself. We cannot make Kamala pretty much the scapegoat for white supremacy in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the criminalization of black people. If you take Kamala Harris out and you put any person within these structures in this, and, and work within that system as attorney general, as a prosecutor, you are operating the system which functions to inevitably criminalize black people. Right? And, and to make Kamala Harris something that's that's unique to that even though she deserves the criticism to make her something that's unique to that is uh is 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 one problematic and two it gets in the way of effective political strategy now i want to start off uh the first advantage i want to throw out here is that there is a huge huge misconception and misunderstanding uh of what we should how we should orient ourselves towards politicians and what we should expect from them uh, uh michael eric dyson said something about obama years ago that rings true to this day and it, and it actually reflects how black people as a whole view black politicians as a whole and it's that he said my uh, obama was not moses he's pharaoh get it understood black politicians are not activists they're politicians kamala harris is not a sada shakur nowhere near she's not uh, uh angela davis she can't be right please understand that to be Kamala Harris, you can't be Asada Shakur. You can't be Angela Davis. To be in the position that Kamala Harris is standing in, she could not have operated in a way that would have put her in a position to where she distanced herself from how the job is to be done correctly. Now, this uh, I want to put this out here, and this is the question that we're wrestling with. It's the quest twenty, the catch twenty two of black politics, and that is. How to not be anti-black in a job that demands it. How can you be an anti-black politician in a government that demands anti-blackness? And so when we say we need these black politicians, which we'll get to in just a second and, and why we need them, it needs to be understood that in order to, in order to uh, uh, have people in these positions, we actually have to you know, understand the ugliness of the game and the way that we understand the ugliness of the game. And I know somebody like Georgia definitely understand where I'm coming from on that is you understand it from the basis of when you look at drug dealers and drug dealing in the black community, right? We don't blame dudes on the block for the, uh, the, 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 uh, the the uh the drug game we don't blame them from like how the coke came in here and how it circulated and how we don't blame drug dealers for the circumstances that put them in a position to sell drugs we just say that what they're doing is problematic but we understand the circumstances that create that that same logic applies to kamala being at her job if we want to say we want black people uh, uh, uh providing us leverage in places like 
uh, uh, federal government and places like courthouses and places like, you know, district attorney's office in order for them to be that leverage is certain things that they had to do to get to that position. And these are things that we have to understand and be amenable to in terms of when we are leveraging the criticism. Now, does that mean that the, the, the criticism is invalid? No, I don't mean that. But what it means is that ultimately we have to have a different perspective of what we of, of what we expect. Now, the reason why we have to have a, a, a different perspective in terms of what we expect from them is because ultimately, even though what we see in terms of uh, even though what we see in terms of how black politicians get down outwardly. What we need to understand is that when you look at the research, the research actually shows that in, in committee and in co uh, committees and uh, in legislative markups, black people are actually putting more, putting in the work that white politicians ignore. For example, it says here, this is uh, from Katrina Gamble uh, in an article discussing uh, uh, black politicians and, and committees. She argues that the most interesting relationship is between the race of the member and committee participation on black interest policies. There is a positive and significant relationship between committee participation and race. On average, black members participate more during markups on black interest bills than do white legislators. The participation gap between black legislators and white representatives on black interest bills is almost one point. Although one point might seem like a difference, it is substantially, it is substantially important. One, uh, it is substantially important. One point is the difference between a white legislator showing up, voting on a black interest bill and a black legislator showing up, voting and actually speaking during the committee markup. One point could also mean the difference between speaking and actually offering an amendment. Some scholars may argue that the higher level of, uh, uh, of participation among black legislators on black interest bills may result from these legislators representing predominantly non-white constituencies. We need them there. That's Tom. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the person on the current side of this debate or the uh, negative, if you will. That'll be George Lee. George, you have seven minutes uh, consciously. I'm so sorry. You have seven minutes on the clock. Uh, Tom starts now. Start this off like this, man. Paint a picture to show the deaf what it's like to listen. I speak these words and tell a blind man what he missing. Tall my niggas doing crime man up in prison. Thought you had to resort to crime man. Forget the system. We raising babies up in Haiti, but there ain't no hope. Ain't no fathers don't take no scholarship to slang no dope. Politicians hollering about problems. Hey, but is you gonna vote? He talking about change and be floating in the same old boat. So tell me how I'm supposed to feel when the president spoke. Well, he ain't never had to struggle, ain't never been broke. Ain't even rolled through the ghetto, ain't never been close. Trusting this trouble, trusting this government like trusting the devil or forever with quotes. I get up. Lifestyle of the young black and reckless. A generation of niggas strapped. And guess what questions we asking? We asking questions of relevance. Oxford Dictionary defines relevance as the quality of state of being closely connected or appropriate. You feel me? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines the definition of relevance as being 1A, relation to the matter at hand. 1B definition, according to Merriam-Webster, says that relevance is practical, especially socially applicability. It's the ability as the information retrieval system that satisfies our need to right now. You feel me? Today, we are here to talk about and explore relevance. It's a simple-ass question we're coming here to answer, right? At the age of this election, focusing on the VP candidate Kamala Harris' career is the prosecutor is irrelevant. That's what my opponent says. Nope, nope, nah, hell nah. Everything that has been done and everything that she will do is relevant. 
relevance. We all agree criminal justice reform and the history of criminal justice reform is relevant in 2020. Definitions of irrelevant, according to Marion Webster again, the relation to the matter at hand. It's funny my opponent talks about being unrealistic and impractical when the definition of relevance is literally about being practical, especially in social applicability. Relevance, y'all, relevance in relation to matter at hand. Now, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Tony Tony McDade, you know, all these things, George Floyd, are relevant. Will their killers be held accountable? Can the people in power be held accountable with responsibility of accountability? We are debating about relevance. Criminal justice in 2020 is relevant. My first argument, y'all, relevance. Accountability. Kamala's track record of holding accountable people accountable, uh, holding people accountable in power, especially when her, co- especially when there are colleagues. Now we know what uh, how accountability accountability can be defined, right? As a state of quality of being accountable, especially in the obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or account for one's actions. From 2011 to 2012, she was the Attorney General of California. Let's think about her law enforcement accountability. As California Attorney General, Kamala appealed booting of Orange County DA for mass murder case over conduct allegations. This is from an article from Matt Ferner. You know, the allegations of misconduct stemmed from evidence gathered through a controversial jailhouse and former program. According to the Sanders, the Orange County Sheriff Department placed jailhouse snitches in cells with inmates awaiting trial and held attention of collecting incriminating evidence against the people in trial. Let's keep on going. In 2016, Harris accounted for the patterns and practices. Uh, Harris announced a, a, a patterns and practices investigation into the purported civil rights violations for the use of excessive force by two of the largest enforcement agencies in her state of California, Kern County and Bakersfield County. And what we know is that these, these two counties were labeled the deadliest police departments in America in a five-part Guardian, ex, uh, Guardian expose, a separate investigation co- uh, commissioned by the ACLA submitted to, 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 the, to the California Department of Justice. Remember, I told y'all criminal justice, justice is relevant is relevant in 2020 to reopen these reports. My question how, as Attorney General, how were these officers held accountable? That's the question we are here to ask. In 2013, Harris declined to authorize a civil uh, complaint drafted by state investigations that accused one bank owned by the investment group Hearst. Long story short, she accepted money from this group and later uh, 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 and later declined to hold these people accountable. Now, what is the role of the vice president if not being able to hold people accountable, especially when they are colleagues? Accountability. My second argument, uniqueness. You feel me? I control uniqueness in this debate. Y'all should already be knowing you vote negative. It's already over with. I'm telling you why it's relevant. The uniqueness. I'm not bearing the brunt of all the goddamn justice system on Kamala Harris. My argument about uniqueness is not all prosecutors are bad. In America, black folks are six times more likely to be incarcerated. So, Damo, what's special about Kamala Harris and her rewriting of this old progressive prosecutorship? incarceration let's talk about uniquely uniquely damo uniquely how she contributed and what you said the article what you had from uh katrina katrina talk about how black folks do their job good she contributed to that incarceration legally harris she 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 inherited a 50 percent 
felony conviction rate from Hillian, the person she got it from when she took over in 2004. Then her tenure, Damo, she was so goddamn good doing her job. The felony conviction rose to 53% in 2005 and later to 66% in 2006. Who in the hell is she convicting? Who's she convicting? Who's she convicting? Now, if I'm a person that's been convicted by her right now, why do I think that my, her policies that got me convicted, why do I think that matter in 2020? Shit, we say that everything that uh, Trump did in 2016, 2017, 2009 is relevant. That's why you want everybody to go to the goddamn boards, right? Keep on going. That, into my source, that comes from the trials and tribulations of Kamala Harris, an article that was written in the San Francisco uh, Chronicle. Let's keep on going. Under Harris, the DA's office obtained more than 1900 convictions of marijuana right and what we know in terms of being a prosecutor it's not that she had to do this convictions it's not that she had to do this because we see that uh marion mosby the black woman in, in baltimore is choosing to be able to uh is choosing very purposely of how she conducts her job as being a prosecutor and then my last argument is hey man accessory to crime you feel me? When the judge sentenced my kinfolk and said, hey, you being present is just as, uh, you being present when the crime was being committed is just as, you know, guilty as you committing the crime because you did not stop the crime. Kamala, we need to hold Kamala accountable in terms of being a per person in power. And let's get straight. This is not an anti-Kamala argument. This is not a not vote argument. This is how do we show her, keep her accountable and showing us a good time. Oh yeah, show us a good time. That's all I'm great. Great opening statements. Here's what's about to happen. We're about to have five minutes of cross-examination, open and rotate, and Dominique will have the first question. After these questions, there will be a two-minute period of preparation for them so they can actually take time to think about what the other person said and respond to the opening statements. When that happens, I'll moderate, talk about the arguments that they made, and talk about some comments, and then we'll get into the rebuttals. Five minutes are on the clock. Dominique, you have the first question and the first potential follow-up, and your time starts now. All right, how, do, how are people held accountable in government? How are people held accountable in government? Yes, sir. By being able to uh, uh, ha uh, have the equal protection of law given to them the same way that... Wait, 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 wait. Equal. Hold on. How, in terms of when, there's, when, when we have issues with politicians, mm -hmm. how are they held accountable? They are, the, held, the they, they are held accountable by going through the due process of law just like citizens are. What you mean? Like the same way that Kamala was able to held, hold accountable all those nonviolent victimless crimes of marijuana. She was able to hold those accountable through the, through the process of law. She's able to also apply that same due process of law to her colleagues. So let me do this. Let me do this. I'm accountable. Oh, my fault. My fault. I, I, I already asked a follow up. Okay, go ahead. I got, I, I, I'll wait for the next first, time. Go ahead. Question. My yeah. first question is, how does one not be anti-black in a job that is designed for you to be anti-black? You can't. So with that being said, how do we hold Kamala accountable in an anti-black system if we're saying she has to lead to anti-blackness? By putting her in a position to where she can be held accountable. To where we are, like, to where she has to capitulate to us. That's how. So, I, but, but we can keep going on this question of accountability. From your perspective that you're talking about right now, how do we hold it? How do we hold? Because we're talking about in the context of the election, mm -hmm. how do we hold Kamala Harris accountable right now? 
How do we hold Kamala Harris accountable right now? Yeah. Uh, specifically, I think when it came to her answering questions about her rewriting her progressive uh, prosecutor narrative about how she's going to be able to instill policy, plan, and action to curtail some of those impacts that I just beautifully outlined in my goddamn speech. Follow up, right? Follow up. Yeah. So what does that look like? What like what is that? What does that look like? What does that turn into? I think that it's for us, the people, to determine. I think that right now we need to be able to first be able to hold accountable in terms of recognizing what you did. When you go back and look at the footage about when Kamala was asked specifically about different things she did, it was either A, a deflection, or B, a complete rewriting of history. We know for a fact that is not how you are held accountable. And that's just what I, that's my argument in, in this debate. My turn to ask, though? Yeah. So, 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 so what I was just asking the question is to make sure we're clear. Let's make sure we're clear. Damo said that we put her in positions of power to be able to hold her accountable. My yeah. question to you, Damo, as a Californian, what was the accountability for her as the attorney general and those those things that I outlined in my speech? I mean, in terms of being the attorney general, uh, the question of accountability ain't to us. She's not accountable to us as attorney general. Like she accountable to the justice system as the attorney general. So the way that her focus in order in order for her that position which means in order for her to, to, to build the credibility, to run for, uh, for her, uh, to, for Senator, right? She had to have done her job in a way that was effective. Now, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this real quick and then let you do your follow-up, is that what needs to be understood is that doing her job is not something that, like, again, that's why I compared it to, you know, selling drugs. It's like, it's not something that you praise, right? Because ultimately it has, it has a negative impact on the community, but, be, you know what I'm saying, certain people need to be put in certain positions. If we are able to replace Kamala Harris with some random white person and still get the same result, what is the uniqueness mm-hmm. for having this black woman in position? If niggas still get locked up and get killed and get un, you know what I'm saying, get, 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 get literally these high incarceration rates, what's the uniqueness? The uniqueness is that having black people in these spaces is uh, uh, gives us the ability to leverage against the worst instances of these things happening. Because one, one thing that uh, we got to understand is that politics happen, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not. And so ultimately, it, regardless of how problematic these uh, like somebody like Kamala is, having her in that space is effective. Now, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll, ask the yeah, last, yeah. I'll ask. I'll ask the last question in terms of in, in terms of. Kamala Harris in this election, do you think she should be vice president? Do I think she should be head, should be vice president? In the words of Drake, she has to show me a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what this debate is about, fam. This uh, debate. What is it? Oh, and my follow up, my last follow up is my last follow up is what does a good time look like, George? A good time is specifically about policy, plan, and platform for you to curtail. I said relevance in 2020 is criminal justice. What is Kamala putting forth in terms of plan and policy to deal with that? That's the end of cross-ex. We have concluded the opening uh, statements and our first cross-examination. These two are about to get two minutes to prepare for the rebuttals. Uh, where they'll get into the middle of the debate and respond to some of what they originally came to the debate to say. So if you saw a lack of responsiveness, it's because they didn't know what they were going to say. So now we get to get into some of that. Your two minutes of prep time, gentlemen, start right now. And uh, just so y'all know, I'm not, when I look down, I'm not looking away. I'm not not paying attention. I'm doing what we call flowing. 
in debate in the debate world. I'm keeping track of the arguments that they've made so we can kind of do a nice little comparison and I can keep up with what's going on. So if y'all see me looking down or looking away, it's because I'm keeping notes uh, on what they are saying. Um, a couple of things that I want to refer to or I want to get into with the comments. Uh, Dominique was saying toward the end that, you know, who, how do we keep, how do we, or in the cross-ex, how do we keep a, a individuals accountable? How do we hold these people accountable? What, that, what does that look like? Daniel Garcia says the way we hold elected officials accountable is by voting them out. Um, Shane says, so we're going to ignore the fact that Attorney General of California is an elected official. Uh, uh, Nick Brady says, Damo Kamal, Attorney General is an elected position, so she's accountable to her constituency. She was supported by the police union for a reason. And so a lot of people are kind of getting in at, at that accountability question. Uh, there was also a lot floating around about the ability for you to not be anti-Black by the nature of the job you do. During that speech, Marion made a point and said it's something she wrestles with a lot as a school leader in the education system. How do I work within a system that is definitely designed with an anti-black foundation and core and uh there was some continued conversation in the comments that say they give an example of who's doing that work nina turner turner is an example of a black person in government who is not anti-black and so um you all are drawing some hard lines for anti-blackness from the moderator's perspective and point of view i think pointing out anti-blackness ends up being a slippery slope because we live in an anti-black world and when you can be black and be anti-black and perpetuate anti-blackness the question has to be asked or the question i might ask george in that moment was uh do you always get held accountable held accountable for the times when you're acting anti-black who holds you accountable when you're perpetuating anti-blackness right because it becomes a very like i said slippery slope if you know, when we live in anti-black worlds or have to function in anti-black environments that we don't expect some level of anti-blackness. But I think um, Dominique is having a more nuanced conversation about the lines that we have the ability to draw. We're living in a real world, so we can't just draw the line uh, every time we see anti-blackness popping up. So it's a lot of good conversation happening here. I've given them two minutes and this time for the rebuttals. George actually has the first speech. So George is going to start us off and respond by rebutting some of the things that the political plug has said. So we're about to hear from Consciously with six minutes on the clock for these rebuttal speeches. Consciously, uh, uh, six minutes. Six minutes, political plug. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Got it. I know I'm talking through these debates and moving kind of quick. Yeah. We want to get these done in a timely manner. We got some kids to go pick up. Definitely. So these uh, rebuttals start now. Hey. All right, let's get it cracking. All right, so what what I need y'all to remember, George. Boss me, George. Go ahead. Oh, George. Yeah, hold on. Start me. Start me up. He messed me up with that. He messed me up. No problem. Six minutes. Yeah, she said me. It kind of threw me off too, but that's the moderator. We going with the moderator. The moderator was my model. Okay. Yeah. Six minutes. Time starts now. So J Cole said, "We keep talking about change and we floating in the same old boat." The question for this debate is going to be uniqueness and accountability. What does it mean to hold a black person in office if they literally lead to the same results? Or in this instance, I'm saying that Kamala Harris led to worse results, i.e. when she wasn't in office, the conviction rate was only at 50 percent. When I say when we say anti-blackness, I don't want to hear nothing about no paralysis analysis. I don't want to hear shit about I'm just bringing up anti-blackness to be bringing up anti-blackness. What is the impact? The impact is that her and her job was able to increase the the the, the prosecution. You feel me? Uh, rates 
up to damn near 70 percent she was great at her job accessory to crime when the judge sentenced my kinfolk she told him that being present during the commitment of the crime and not stopping the crime makes him accessory to the crime which made him just as guilty the judge said it was true justice remember relevance criminal justice in 2020 kamala has ha, uh, uh, cannot be blamed for the entirety of the shortcomings of the system's crimes against black folks however she has been an accessory to the crimes when it comes to the system of uh, how the system has done black folks relevance imagine being one of the inmates of the people that's been impacted by kamala's policy and y'all say hey black person it don't matter what you went through because this black woman had to build her career on your back and you being incarcerated. Never the mind that literally most of the people that's locked up are locked up for nonviolent victimless crimes. When Kamala Harris was doing her job in attorney, as attorney general, there is nothing that says that when the Congress told her, y'all, 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 it's overcrowded. You need to release some. You need to release somebody. There is nothing that made Kamala Harris as a as her job as attorney general say no, Congress. We actually need that labor because that will hurt the prison cheap labor. This is uniqueness that we're getting at. Now get to it. I'll win this debate about relevance. I'll point. You feel me? We're talking about show me a good time. Oh, yeah. This is about accountability. And it's a, a continual process, not just the action. Right. At this age in the election it is relevant and likewise for the same as for Kamala. Because when we say what should be done in the past and the present, that's always relevant. That's literally the reason why we have everybody hedging against the Trump. Trump bad. Trump bad. Trump bad. Trump is bad. Why? Because of the things that he did, the things that he said, the things that when he had a position of power in terms of how he was able to hold other people accountable and how he was able to be account held accountable in a position of power, relevance. And now to be, to be clear, my the argument is not see the political. In order for me to hold somebody political accountable, I have to be there, right? Now you said that Obama is not Moses, but he is Pharaoh. This is not seeing the political. This is about political accountability. like. Michael Eric Dyson said, see, we can be culturally proud of Barack Obama. We can be culturally proud of Kamala Harris, but we cannot let this devoid of holding them politically accountable. You feel me? Politically accountable. Damo talking some shit. He really lost in the sauce of this racial politics, this uh, performance of, uh, of uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, 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 racial performer, performer racial politics. See, that's the same thing as black people saying we want equality. We want y'all to stop killing us. And then the goddamn real estate, you know what I'm saying, industry says we're going to stop calling it the master bedroom. That is literally the same hubris that Damo is pushing when he talks about the performance racial politics. Performance racial politics is us to say lock up the killers of Breonna Taylor and people show up to the goddamn state capital wearing kente cloth. What does this do for the material reality of black people? I'm not saying we should not vote. I'm saying that we should be we should prioritize being politically aware and politically conscious about how things get to things. I'm a nigga from down south from Texas. We say all skin folk is not your kin folk. You cannot be lost in the sauce of identity politics where it's like I'm voting for everybody black just because they black. We said that shit might have been cool in 2012, 2008 in 2020. We need to be talking about I'm only voting for the people that's elevating black folks. All skin focus, not your kin folk. We got to get past this idea that because they're black, they're going to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but the Black Lives Matter organization emerged under a black president. The Black Lives Matter president, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement emerged under a black president. What does it mean to have black people in power where the same thing in an instance it gets worse?
show me a good time. Now we know that when Biden gave that little, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 when Biden gave the decision, a lot of us was literally singing a Drake song. Like, damn, how did I end up where I here with you after all the things that I've been through? It's been one of those days. Hey, my opponent won't shout to forget about it. But hey, Kamala Harris got to show us a good time. I am not holding Kamala Harris to any other extensions or any other standards that we don't hold other politicians to. What does it mean to have a black politician in office if niggas still getting locked up and killed at alarming higher rates? It don't mean shit. You feel me? Uh, this idea of, poli- of, 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 of racial politics being good is bad. It's parasitic to black politics and make it where we get lost in the sauce of symbolic representation and say, yeah, but they was black though. But shit. What about those all those truancy cases? Well, the, 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 we have to get past that. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I have three arguments. They simple three arguments. Can she hold people accountable? This is why it's relevant. This is why it's relevant. This is why you vote negative for the consciously in this debate. Damo has no reason for why these three reasons, these three arguments of uniqueness, accountability, and accessory to crime is not relevant in terms of 2020, especially because those three reasons, accountability applies to Trump, uniqueness applies to Trump, and then accessory to crime applies to Trump. I win. All right. We have a rebuttal coming from the affirmative side. There are six minutes on the clock for this rebuttal. The political plug is about to engage. Time starts now. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. I know, my brother. I like. I, I like what he did there. Uh, he kept. He kept bringing up the relevance, but he didn't tell y'all what it was relevant in context to. It was relevant in the context to an election, choices to be made. What my brother has done is he has completely ignored the landscape that this conversation is taking place on in order in favor of this the, the, the beautiful criticism that he displays. And he does it wonderfully. The next, he goes viral <laughs> from it constantly. But what it misses in this conversation ultimately is strategizing on the political landscape. Now, one, he has not denied the fact that we need black politicians. Regardless of what we feel about them, what we see is that they put in the work undercover that's unknown. You want to know why they most of their work goes by unnoticed? Because they don't have the numbers to reflect their influence. It's not enough of them. That's the part of the problem. But what the data shows, thanks to Sister uh, 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 Katrina Gamble, is that they actually do at least put in the work in the places that we don't see. That cannot be ignored. And so the one thing that we can't do is run away from uh, uh, Kamala's uh, um, uh, uh, problematic past. We can't run away from it. But ultimately, the job called for it. We don't have this sister. We don't have, we're not having this conversation without her being able to be taken serious in her position. Now, the one thing that, that, that George kept bringing up that he kept stressing is, uh, um, is this question of this relevancy, right? But let's talk about it. It's relevant. This conversation is relevant to the context of Pence versus Kamala. Not just is Kamala the perfect candidate. It's Pence versus Kamala. It's another Trump presidency to a Kamala vice presidency and what that would mean. So what we asking in an election is what's better? Because ultimately, if 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 George is saying that Trump has the same you and let's be clear here. He said Trump has the same uniqueness. You know what I'm saying? 
ultimately, which more so is a reflection of how it's not unique to the individual candidate. It's unique to the or it is a uh, inherent um, characteristic of the structure, which means that ultimately when we're making the choice between which candidate we're going to be stuck with, Kamala is still better than, than the alternative. The ugly portion of, of, of black politics that catch 22 is that ugly pragmatism, that lesser of two evils uh, decision making that goes into elections, whether we like it or not, whether or not we choose to cast that ballot ultimately doesn't make a difference in terms of whether or not things are going to stop in action. That, that And that's why, I mean, George, uh, he, he, he used the phrase perfectly is analysis paralysis is because the criticism becomes the action. The criticism becomes ultimately all that's done in terms of addressing what we're talking about being uh, accountability. So what needs to be understood here is that when George talks about accountability, he's literally just using that as a word for criticism. That's not accountability. Accountability is saying as a black politician, I'm going to give you the opportunity because I know the white politician definitely ain't going to be no better. The, the, Mike Pence is not lower on the scale. Mike Pence is not uniquely worse than Kamala Harris. George is not going to win that fight. There's no way that you're going to be able to explain to anybody with any sense that Mike Pence is uniquely more anti-black than Kamala Harris. And that's the relevance of the conversation. So from that perspective, we have to make the decision and figure out what accountability looks like. And in a world where black people have to do things like we, like the parallel between Kamala and the black drug dealer, when we got to do these questionable things, just like a drug dealer could go from selling drugs to owning a reputable business. So a, a, a black politician can go from being problematic in order to in, in, in doing certain things in order to get that position to literally getting to the point where as vice president is more that could be done. It's more influence that could be provided. And so we at least need to give her that opportunity. And then when that is not done, when that's not done, boom, get her out of there. That's how we hold her accountable. You give her the chance as a black woman. We owe her like that much instead of allowing whiteness to continue on the path that it continues on. We owe her that much. To at least be like, we give as many opportunities as white politicians are given every election season. Kamala Harris deserves the at least to have the opportunity to be like, this is what a, a woman of color can do in, 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 in this position. Out of fairness. And so when we uh uh when we talk about when we talk about that question of accountability, that is what paralyzes us as black people when it comes to elections. It paralyzes us as black people when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to understanding this the, this playing field because politics is inherently anti-black. So anybody associated with it is gonna have that with it. Now George talks about I I, I kind of already addressed the uniqueness question, but I want to touch on it just uh, uh, briefly here. There is nothing that George described that is unique to Kamala. Again, the criminalization of black people, the criminalization of black people is inherent. To the justice system. So no matter who occupies that space, it is going that that criminalization is going to happen. And to say that this black woman is uniquely uniquely worse than her what a white counterpart could be is even more problematic because it doesn't give black people the ability to ship to, to shape and understand and come at these things from a uh, uh, from a different perspective. That's time. 
Yeah. All right, we're about to move into another five-minute session of cross-examination. But before we do, I got to shout out our people on YouTube because I've been keeping my eye on Facebook. But YouTube is kind of cracking right now, too. So shout out to Big Time Explosions. Shout out to Blazwiz. Shout out to Preston Gilliam. Definitely come back and tap back in. We got love for you. If you love the podcast, we definitely love you back. So thank you so much. Uh, Aaron M., is, is tapping in. It's a lot of beautiful things going on in the comments on Facebook and on YouTube. So thank y'all for tuning in live. It's time for Cross-X. I got five minutes on my clock. This time, the first question is going to go to George. Uh, consciously, you have uh, five minutes or everybody has five minutes, but you'll start with the first question to follow up. Your time starts now. Okay. So if, if Kamala inherited a 50% felony conviction rate and by the time she was done doing her job it rose to 74 percent how I mean, is that you saying that to her? uh that it, it increases an increase in, in in the criminalization of black people that's not like that it, that is not unique to her no i mean regardless of she was in that position but that does not mean that ultimately because of the way politics work in the united states because of the way the criminal justice is in the united states that rise that rise in that level of incarceration and those types of things happen continuously, regardless who get put in the, who gets put in these positions. So ultimately, it's more so if there is a if there is a criminalization that's happening in the culture, you're gonna see it reflected you know, in in the way in which the criminal justice carry out what it do. Do I follow, Blake? Yes, definitely. So <laughs> definitely, definitely. So when you talk about it's not unique to her, why why wasn't her person that she inherited from Hallinan not as successful in terms of incarceration. I mean, it's it's a bunch of things that could that could lead to that. Ultimately, I mean, like I said, the way that those politics shift and the way that those politics are shaped is by a, a lot more than just that one person that's in that position. So that's why I'm telling you blaming her and saying, "Well, she's the result." I mean, yeah, does she carry it out? Is she the head of it? Is she the face of it? Yeah, but that's a part of being in that role. That's a part of being in that position. Um, George, explain how your accountability is, is different than just a, 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 a basic criticism. The uh, the reason why it is accountable for just makes it more than the basic criticism, because it's literally talking about policy action platform mm -hmm. to be able to remedy these criticisms it's not a criticism for the mere criticism it's like what are we going to do about these high incarceration rates what are we going to do about the sustaining of prison labor how does how is kamala in her new position of power and being vice president is going to allow for her to bring about something different that's okay. the reason why i'm talking about unique so do you it's quote so do you think that mike pence deserves another opportunity like why why is that well let me let me frame it like this why does that question of accountability so hard pressed on calling Kamala a cop when her competition is Mike Pence. I think that I think that when it comes to winning this debate, once I kick your ass on that Kamala's uh, past is relevant, not that not that she's better than Pence. Don't pin it on that. I think I think I think that when it becomes about oh well because Kamala Harris is better than Pence, I don't know how you can make that judgment statement without bringing Kamala Harris's track record. So, so I how do you okay. like kind of kind of like shenanigans? What you talking about? Ahead, like how much better? Because track record. <laughs> George, George, what's your question? Uh, my question is uh. Uh, wh why is racial performance politics good? 
racial performance politics is racial performance politics is good because ultimately what we have it, what what it displays is that uh black people occupying these positions prov like provide leverage inherently right like with what we saw with uh the Katrina Gamble uh uh study where we see black people engaging in black interest bills and working towards black interest bills, but also the impact of culturally seeing people that like, for example, for black women, seeing people like that look like them in power, that like that is a, that is a net benefit. Something that uh, 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 Mike Pence completely reverses. Right. So when you talk about the contrast between the two, because an election is contrast, not just one individual. Uh, Hey, this is my last follow-up question right here. You feel yeah. me? Is at this age, at this stage in the election, is what Trump and what Pence has done in the past, is it relevant right now? Yes. Ball game. No, hey, hey, I cause hold on. I got 30 seconds left, right? Okay. Yeah. Now, since we've made since we established, since we established that both they track records you compare. Are you literally saying that Mike Pence has a better track record when it comes to black people than Kamala Harris? Hey, I don't, I don't know if you I don't know if you remember or not. Resolve at this point in the age of the election. Focus in the election. In the election. Yes, we talking about an election. Election ain't just one person. Hey, I agree. I agree. We're okay, talking so when you bring in those two election, track records, when you bring in those two you, track records, which which one wins in an election? It's time. That, that is not a best. Yeah. This debate is about relevance. All right, it's, it's about time. time. All right. No, actually, you get some prep time because I need to talk and moderate. So okay. we're about to take two more minutes of prep time so these debaters can come up with their closing statements. Their closing oh, statements. Uh, hold on. Damo gave it. I ain't give a five minute statement yet. I thought Damo gave one. I ain't. No, no, you all have both spoken twice. You all will speak one more time. We're now moving into uh, you spoke first. Statement. You spoke Dama first, bro. Dama speaks first. You, <laughs> you get the last word. It is it's the extra cross sex that threw me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I again, Toya's model of effective, efficient debate. Um, so this time around, Damo will give the first speech. The political plug will, and then uh, the consciously will have the last word in this exchange. There are two minutes on my clock. I want you all to prep. Uh, while prep is happening, definitely want to shout out a lot of people saying some interesting stuff in these comments. I'm going to jump right into them. Uh, a question is being posed that I think should probably be confronted by the debaters. And the question is kind of generally, are we saying that uh, people can never change? Right. Is it true that things cannot be different, that people cannot challenge themselves, that people cannot grow based on the criticisms they receive? Uh, I want to get back to a Malachi comment. Y'all are blowing up these comments and I love it. I'm just kind of missing one. Malachi says uh, Damo basically said that Kamala needs to use VP as a chance to show accountability. And then follows up by saying, which concedes her time as a prosecutor is relevant. An interesting take on the way that this debate is playing out. Um uh, Devin says, uh, use VP to be accountable to commitment to black folk, not the past record. And this starts to fall in line with the questions about whether or not people can actually change. I think even Aurora Edwards some, said somewhere in the comments, don't judge me on my past. Definitely judge me on the possibilities of my future. And I can agree with that. Uh, <laughs> Mac. Uh, I'm sorry, Max says in the comments, George Lee, that uh, you might want to look into a prescription because you squinting at this screen and I can agree. Some more things happening in these comments. Um, 
Shoot, let's see. Noel says, and shout out to Noel, dropped a real cool TikTok video. Shout out the show. We definitely got love for you. Thank you so much, Noel. Noel jumped into the comments and said, Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Surprise, no one brought up the relevance uh, because Biden will be the oldest president. The idea she could be president is real. Her past is relevant from that context. And so when we think about context, uh, kind of not really leaning towards Damo's argument, but Damo was saying we got to live in a world of reality as we make some of these political decisions. And that is the old man is real, real old. So her relevant, her her past could be more relevant than we think. Um, let's see. Last comment from Malachi. Actually, I'll take the last comment from Devin. Also to say she can't change is interesting. That seems weird if we want to say a black person who's committed a crime will not always be criminal. Shit, right? So people can change. Once a criminal is not always a criminal. And we definitely have to recognize uh, some of that. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll point to a YouTube comment. Big Tom Explosion says, I agree. It's nice to see black women in office, but I'd rather have a white person if they were changing things for the better um, for black folks. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of interesting comments happening and popping off. Here's what I want. The views on YouTube. I'm sorry, on YouTube. I can't see them right now, but the comments is popping. And I know for a fact on Facebook, we haven't gotten under 40 people watching this show. So if you haven't loved or liked this exchange by now, come on, y'all. Show us some love. Show us some likes. Go ahead and tap in. We're at the closing statements at this point. We want to hear why these people think they've won this debate today. The first voice we'll hear is from the political plug. He has five minutes to tell you why you should vote for the plug. Damo, your time starts now all right so this is this is the mistake george makes in this debate the context of this debate is in the question of the election kamala is currently a senator so everything that i mean we we, we definitely need to bring that into play in terms of everything that she's done as a senator right she had that she has shown that she has a shown track record of i mean we, we, we could call it progressive right we could call it challenging right uh, uh ultimately what she has done has been in direct challenge of somebody like a mike pence and donald trump since she's been a senator let's not forget that but what has happened is my opponent and i've, I've allowed him to do it i've allowed him to ignore the history of uh, uh, uh of her as a senator right in order to make the point, in order to make the points that he's making about her time as attorney general, because ultimately a lot of the pushback that she had, that she has done has been a part of the, a lot of the anti-black culture that has been even more so exacerbated. with having a Trump and Pence in office. The relevance question of this debate is in the context of the election. She is not like she has her position as a senator. The question is, can, is she a better vice president than Mike Pence? That's what the context of an election is. This conversation is not, well, is, is Kamala Harris the perfect candidate? Nah, she hella problematic, and we know that. We've addressed that. That is something that I, I would have con I have conceded. But in terms of that narrative being the forefront of her in, in her competition against Donald Trump and Mike Pence, it's not relevant because they lose. If you like, like George said, her track record, right? Let's bring her track record and put it up against her competition to be overly critical of uh, of one candidate in an election and then completely ignore the track record and the history and the culture and everything else that's being shaped by the incumbent is extremely problematic because ultimately we know that Kamala Harris cannot. And I, I listen, I'm willing to put I'll throw a, put your cash out if you're willing to say that Kamala Harris could ultimately uh, uh, Kamala Harris could ultimately be uh, worse than Trump and Pence. Like, like, let's be serious here. 
I'm willing. As a matter of fact, because I like because I trust the, the you know that skin tone that much, I'm willing to give them that opportunity more than I'm willing to give Donald Trump and Mike Pence the opportunity to prove that they would be better. That's the question of the relevance. It's an election. We have a choice between two. Not just, oh, do we think this one is the perfect candidate? That's why when you go to that question of accountability, that question of accountability that was presented by my opponent is extremely skewed because it's focusing on a criticism of the, of, of this of, of holding this one particular candidate accountable while you have an incumbent who has a history that we know to be problematic and we know it's worse. So how are we hold how are we talking about holding Kamala Harris accountable while the incumbent is I mean, like, let's be real. Do I need to list all the things that, that that's going wrong with a Trump Pence presidency? So, in the context of the election, the relevance of this cop, uh, cop, uh, cop Kamala uh, narrative is irrelevant because we need her more than we need Pence, and it's going to be one of them. That's the reality of politics. We don't got a choice. It's one of them. And I'm and and I mean as as specifically black people need to be more inclined to put their eggs in that black basket, ultimately because like the evidence showed, even though it may not always reflect outwardly as much as we would want it to, we need black politicians being that leverage for us, even with the problematic nature of it. The last thing, the last point I'm gonna make sure that I, I hammer home is this question of uniqueness. The only unique thing that Kamala Harris provides to this election is the ability for a black girl to look up at you know, look on her TV and say, that could be me. All of the, the criminalization is the nature of the justice system in the United States. There is no uh, for every uh, uh, attorney general that we can say that that's white or that's been here or whatever. It's no one that you could point to and say there you that she is uniquely worse than. You can look at the statistics. You can look at those numbers. But we know that 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 face doesn't dictate the criminalization. The culture of the institutions dictate the criminalization. And based on that, anybody who occupy that position. So, George, because I know you, the same forgiveness that you apply to when we look at the brothers on the block and be like, hey, man, I I wish you wasn't making that decision. I wish you wouldn't. You know I mean, because I know what that do to the community. But, you know, what I mean, I like, hey, that's the hustle. We need to have that same reflection for people that's willing to represent our face. It's like, ah, I know you ain't make all the best decisions, but hey, we need you there. All right. Before uh, consciously jumps into the last speech of this debate, I want to remind y'all how to judge a debate, which and I should have said this at the beginning. I know y'all have y'all feelings coming into the debate. But when you make your decision, make sure you make it on the merits of what these people have said, how things have been responded to, how things have been developed and explained, the examples being given. So you kind of got to be a blank slate a little bit. OK, I know you have things you believe, but make sure you listen to how these arguments have been compared and contrasted and how they've been debated. You have experiences that don't, those don't just go away, but make sure you listen to how these people are responding to each other in these final speeches. I have five minutes on my clock for conscious sleep. At the end of this speech, we're going to vote. If you're voting for the political plug, I want you to type the word plug. If you vote for conscious Lee, I want you to type the word Lee. Plug, Damo, consciously, Lee. We'll get to the voting part in a second. Five minutes is on the clock. Lee, your time starts now. At the beginning of this debate, my opponent in his first argument, he mentioned an incredible speech by Dr. Merrick, Michael Eric Dyson about how Obama was not Moses, but he is Pharaoh. In this speech, which I quoted in my goddamn speech, I said, like Michael Eric Dyson said, we cannot allow for cultural pride to 
devoid or ignore cultural, I mean, political accountability. Cultural pride cannot be a substitute for political accountability. Do I recognize all of the black women that have this world has told you that you cannot access spaces and places in this world? Yes, I acknowledge that. However, in 2020, the representation politics of being lost in the sauce of just having the position, we have to get past that. When we talk about this idea of uniqueness, I do not have to win to win this debate that Pence is worse than Kamala Harris. I have to win that her past is relevant in this 2020 election. Now, in order for my opponent to make this judgment statement of comparison about Pence compared to Kamala, what does he need? Damn it. He needs a track record. Stop playing with me, man. Listen, man. Right. So the people game, people game. He said that he allowed for me to kind of forget about her, her history as being a senator. Let's connect the damn dots, man. What gave her the position or the opportunity to be an attorney general? Her being a prosecutor. What gave her the opportunity or the access to be a senator? Her track record as a prosecutor. What is the resolution at this point in the debate? Is her record, her track record of being a prosecutor, is it relevant? When you vote George Lee consciously Lee in that goddamn comment section, you are going to put that lead because I am winning that even if you agree, listen, even if you agree that Kamala is better than Pence, you have to recognize for you to make this judgment claim, you have to hold her track record as a prosecutor in line. Second reason why I'm kicking his ass. When it comes to uniqueness, now my opponent tried some little slick shit trying to kind of uh, suck up some of the offense I'm creating on this idea of uniqueness. But listen, if he's saying, right, back to uniqueness, it's like you should, what's, what's the difference between these two things, right? If we can make the distinction that Kamala Harris is better than Mike Pence, what the hell he talking about uniqueness don't matter? I obviously win this debate. We cannot allow for, like Michael Eric Dyson said, political accountability to be devoid or to make it where it don't matter no more because we are culturally proud. Now, remember the uniqueness. Talked about how Kamala Harris under her and when a DA office obtained more than 19 convictions of marijuana offenses, right? So when we think about her being a prosecutor and her being a black woman, let's think about what other black women prosecutors are doing in places like Baltimore. Now, you can choose to convict somebody or choose not to convict somebody. That is your position and power being a prosecutor. Now, uh, Prosecutor Mobley in goddamn Baltimore chose to not convict as many people when it comes to marijuana convictions so much where she literally had to be held in accountable in terms of, damn, these white folks are thinking, is she even good? Prosecutors prosecute. If you ain't prosecute niggas, how good, is your, how good are you at your job? Now, Damo is saying, well, George, man, some jobs, if they bad for niggas, in order for you to do the job good, you got to be bad for niggas. That is the issue. Kamala Harris has proven to us that she's dedicated to doing her job. My question is, what is Kamala Harris willing to sacrifice to get her job done? How many people do she have to lock up in, in order to prove that she's good at her job? Right. In order to be held accountable, what is the best way to think about the vice president position outside of being able to hold the president the cabinet accountable? Based off of her track record, I'm saying show me a good time. 
This is not a negation of Kamala Harris. This is not a fuck Kamala Harris. This is not a because Kamala Harris was a prosecutor or a cop, we shouldn't vote. This is a show me a good time about political accountability. In order for you to hold someone politically accountable, you have to be politically conscious and politically aware, which means you're giving a damn about what's going on in the political system. It's ball game. When you go back and you go look at the, uh, you go look back at the cross sex when he said, when I asked him, is Trump and Pence track record relevant at this stage in the election? What did my opponent say? He said, yeah. And what did I say? Ball game. This debate is over with. Again, I don't know. I have to win that Trump is worse. I have to win that Kamala shit is relevant. Relevant, relevant, relevant. All right. And with that, that includes the uh, August 12th debate me section between the political plug and the consciously. Do me a favor. Jump in those comments. Tell me who you vote for. But also, I'm going to treat y'all like my students who I have in my argumentation of debate classes. Give me a reason why you voted the way you did. Right. So if you voting plug, tell me why you voting for the plug. If you voting Lee, give me one strong reason why you voting for Lee. That way we can have an explanation for why the judges feel the way that they feel. Big shout out again to everybody uh, showing out on Facebook. Uh, we got 64 viewers in here, which is a big deal to us. We still in double digits trying to get to them triple digits, but we usually don't breach 30. So shout out to everybody who pulled up on the live conversation. Y'all, we have the chop up show tomorrow. So if you got this and you like this, come back and talk to us tomorrow night, 730 uh, Pacific Standard Time. So do your little work in terms of whatever your time zone is. But 730 PST, 930 CST, uh, that's 1030 EST. And if you up in the mountains, we're going to rock with y'all at 830. Make sure you catch us tomorrow night. So that we get into the chop up. We're going to talk a little bit more about the election. You know, we're going to talk about WAP. Shout out to Cardi. Shout out to Megan. Uh, we're talking Shout about the party, man. Retweeted your boring exactly. things, man. Shout exactly. The party. The party. So, big shit. That's big shit. That's Listen, crazy. A lot of beautiful things happening, but y'all stay plugged in uh, with the chop up and we making some things happen. Um, now we got some abstentions. We got some people who ain't going to vote. Uh, we got some votes coming in. And right now, um, it appears that the charisma. Uh, has struck it again and that George Lee is in the lead for the votes of who is winning this debate. So the conscious Lee is kind of in the lead right now. Um, I wish we could get some explanations about which argument stuck out to you the most. Right. So even if y'all already voted, jump in them comments and tell me what argument really captivated you. If you hey, want to say this too, this is really important. And I'm about to, I, I, I got to go pick up my kids. Yeah. What's important that I think about debating is not necessarily the win or loss record, but what is learned from that debate. And I think this is the reason why me and we and Dama wanted to have this debate publicly is to be able to hash out some facts on both sides in terms of when y'all having these real ass conversations at your house, at your, you know what I'm saying, backyard, at your dinner table. You're able to think about some of the things that I presented as well as Damo presented in terms of what matters. I think that us both were able to present some great arguments. The question is, how are you going? to value the relevance or what matters in terms of what Damo is saying, what is it relevant to, and me saying what is it relevant but I think it's the, the most important thing is about what is learned from us to debate and not just somebody won, somebody lost. That's, that's, what I, that's why I care about this debate shit. I learned everything through be doing this debate. And a lot of people was in the comments saying, well, y'all should have said this, y'all should have said that. Next time you get in that argument, you say that and say what they said and say some more stuff, right? So it's all about really gaining the knowledge that we need to move forward. We go ahead and jump off, uh, handle the kids, handle all that yeah, business. Yeah, we'll hold it down. We'll hold we about to round out this uh, session. I want to shout out a couple comments and explanations that we have. Trey uh, says, uh, Lee, track record relevance answer from the plug. 
uh, is contradictory. Uh, Alex Francisco said this was fun. Good job, Damo and George. So got getting some love from the comments. Uh, Daniel Garcia voted for Lee because Damo agreed that her record was relevant multiple times. He just said it wasn't as bad as Pence's record. So there was a com com comparative kind of uh, lack of parallels, if you will. Comparisons were made, but just not to what people thought they were supposed to be made to. Marquis says real close debate, but Damo the plug on a low point win, which means, yeah, uh, George might have been more charismatic. He might have sounded better, but it's a couple things Damo was ahead on. For example, he says that the election argument is persuasive. G. Lee needed to connect her past as a prosecutor to her role as potential vice president and how that approach to incarceration can set bad precedent. So there wasn't enough connection. Okay. The history can be relevant, but there wasn't enough in terms of the uniqueness debate. Damo kind of out unique you because of the 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 context of the platform this conversation is happening, which is the election for right now at this stage of the election. So I think Damo might have outspun you in terms of applying it to this stage of what we're doing, even though you have some relevant arguments of how it played out. Uh, Malachi says Damo conceded the resolution in terms of her past being relevant. So in the world where you concede it and try to circumvent or sidestep that by talking about what Pence is doing or how she might compare to Pence, that is a reasonable and valid question. Nick Brady says, uh, I'm voting for Lee. Uh, he controlled the question of relevancy. While I agree with Lee more on the content, I don't think that that was a central thing. Damo concedes the record is important to consider, and Lee makes a good argument that her role as prosecutor is what gave her the position to run for vice president. So this means her record is relevant. Damo should have went heavier on defining relevancy. Let me say this about the resolution. It's not perfect. I wrote it. Um, I, if you didn't like it, meet me in my, in my inbox. Send me a DM. Text me if we that close. But uh, we were just trying to have a meaningful conversation and stimulate some things that could be teased out by that neutral phrasing and that neutral word. And so I'll do better for next time. Um, yeah. Marion says Lee wins. I'll read a couple other comments and then I'll be done. Lee says Marion says Lee wins because he changed my mind about the question of relevance for Damo to be right. Uh, Kamala's past, Kamala's past is considered which also makes it relevant. If Trump's past is relevant, Kamala's also has to be relevant. You have to make the comparison, which makes her past relevant. Uh, Derek Zeet, shout out to Zeet, says- Let me let me respond to these comments real quick. <laughs> Get in there and talk to him. Lee says, uh, uh, or Derek says, Lee won. Let me read this last comment. Derek yeah, says, yeah. Lee won because it made me completely challenge my own position. This helped me see both sides of the debate and gave me some good points to continue to discuss with friends and family. Appreciate y'all. We appreciate you back, Derek, for sure. Would you jump in, Damo? So yeah, I mean, I think- um, the I think the the topicality question is one that could that could go either way because the mm -hmm. like for example the phrasing I was focusing on was at this point right so yeah. when you say when you say at this point in the election ultimately Trump's record it, like that 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 question of record is a wash you can't criticize Kamala uh, Kamala's or Kamala's record in context to Donald Trump that's not that's not something that you know what I mean in, in the context of the election so. I can, I can understand. Um, I can understand just like how how it was in hey, terms of shit down. No, that's just so funny because I think that that's usually how debates happen. It's like, well, I'll focus on this part of the topic. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, nah, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like it was, it was the house debate, debates go to you. It's like usually yeah, I said this because he, he literally I focusing on the last word, focusing on the first three. <laughs> I mean, there it is. You know what I'm saying? At this stage in and, and relevance, right? But that's what relevance and at this stage. What, this what, is, what, this this is, I mean, just some debate coaching one-on-one. -on -one, this is why we tell our debaters you got to find a way throughout the debate to narrow it 
right? Remind us of what's more important, what's least important, why your interpretation of what's more important is most important, why theirs is something to leave behind or to ignore. It's all about steering the conversation the way you want it to go. And so you saw some masterful debaters and coaches right here really put on, I'm gonna use my, my, my basketball terminology, they put on a clinic today in terms of how both cross-examination, but also evaluating and narrowing a debate should go when you really try to have a debate. This ain't no backyard argument, which those aren't bad, right? That's how we do it. But this ain't no backyard boogie with your cousin and them. This is really a structured format where we get to see the best out of argumentation and comparing thoughts and logic. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.